everyone. We are back with the next episode of the Raiders Rambles. I am Jolt, your chief host of the show. And as always, joining me is none other than my co-host, Avira. Hey, guys. Hope you are having a fantastic day or night, you know, wherever you might be in this world. Sorry I wasn't here the last uh, couple of weeks. Had some uh, personal stuff going on, but I'm all good. Great to be back. As always, it's a pleasure to have you. Today, we bring forth some special guests joining us for the show, starting with Peace Wolf. Hello, everybody. It's been a long two years since we've had you last. Yeah, all right. Time flies. Yeah, uh, Pisa, the last time we had you on, actually, it was about a month or so before the first trailer for Free For All dropped. And you were talking about, like, you know, upcoming projects and your history in the fandom. Really cool stuff. So nice to have you back. Well, thank you for having me back. As always, the pleasure is ours. And you too, you are the chair of Free For All. The the greatest That's what they call me. (laughs) (laughs) The newest, greatest upcoming con on the block. Aww. Straight up. And our special guest today... (laughs) Is none other than Jason FX, also known as Iguana Guy. How do you do, fellow furries? Mm-hmm. Oh, fantastic, man! Also known as Green Man Bad. Yeah, we have our own Orange Man Bad. <laughs> it's too bad I'm crying in a corner here because I'm not Purple Man Bad yet. We have achieved 50% Australian in this podcast, so that's pretty good. Well, we could have made this 66% if my um, interim host was available, but he decided to sit this one out. But oh, it's damn. fine. This is proof that Australians are bad for the fairy convention. Get rid of them. They're taking over. Ban <laughs> all Australians from the furry scene. Shove them back down under. Don't let them above ground. Yeah, bring them back on their own little shitty island. I know, I know. But I take it in a way you, you know, you don't miss home in one way or another. A little bit, not tremendously. I enjoy my degenerate furry lifestyle up north. Cold sometimes, warm sometimes, get to drive around a lot, get to go to a lot of furry conventions and make a lot of people angry. Mm -hmm. That's the life. (laughs) As much as as I love living in Bendigo, miss the shrubs, miss the twigs and the nothing really. A lot more adventure to be had up here. I know. I I would honestly love to come swing by Canada again. I was in the, on the kind of like on the eastern seaboard. Is that you know kind of where you're at at the moment? Eastern seaboard of Canada, yeah. Yeah. We live relatively close to the border, and even when we were renting, we lived pretty close to the border. Just we're on a different border this time, so we can hit up America pretty much any time we want. Yeah, that's that's the easy part, right? Like you just go on and you know cross the border and then you're straight in almost i mean sometimes the border is a pain in the ass sometimes you've been driving all day and then you're the only checkpoint open they have nothing better to do and then you have to get out of your car and they check your car and they ask you a million questions but it, it ultimately never goes anywhere but it is it's sometimes a pain in the ass i know i've been there except i was i wanted to hide in the back of the bus being, being illegal <laughs> or something What's a what's a furry? You're a what? A a furry? What's a furry? 
That's a furry, eh? A what convention? <laughs> that doesn't sound real. You're going where? How far away? <laughs> well, well, speaking of which, uh, Jason, you want to just like a uh, give like a brief history uh, about yourself? You know, like your involvement uh, in the the furry fandom for as long as you have been. You know, kind of accomplishments that you had. Well, I joined the fandom roughly a decade ago. I got into it because I was experimenting with all sorts of different programs that were at the time. I enjoyed Flash animations. I enjoyed shitposting. I enjoyed Gmod and YouTube. And for whatever God knows reason, my furry animations took off on Fur Affinity at the time. People seemed to really be about that. They liked it a lot. So I had little reason to stop. So I kept making them. And then I started making more money than I was at my job. So then it became an easy justification to end said job. And then that just kind of scaled up over the course of 10 years. Obviously, the fairy community is where I found my wife and where I found my home and found my success. So now I'm at the point where I primarily direct. So I mostly am the guy pointing fingers and deciding projects. And I am the lead director of uh, our on weekly comic series. So we've completed like eight or so comics, um, finished Amorous, Almost finished Bear Backstreets. Um, we're going to do a couple more games after that too. So we just have like a continuous game development pipeline going on there. We release uh, 3D models and merchandise and all sorts of random furry related things. We're trying to spread across the entire spectrum of furry products. We've dipped a bit in everything. Um, we plan to open up a gum road th- uh, soon for 3D models. We're planning to put our 3D models in so- all sorts of video games with modding. We've uh, helped Peacemaker stream avatars. That's something I've been doing recently. It's just kind of going all in to see how far I can push the like streaming avatar stuff to its absolute stream. So learning Sammy board and stuff like that. So just kind of like a multimedia guy is the best way to describe it. A relentlessly stubborn, never-ending, industrious, multi-media guy causing havoc in the furry scene because I never stop working. Wow, that's incredible. Jack of all trades, man. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And yet, now, here we are. <laughs> right? Pretty yep. damn incredible that, like, you're actually, like, you and Cab are the special guests of honor for the most incredibly awesome convention happening. Free for all. Hype! Yeah, dude, like, we really had, like, a total overhaul of, like, um, the whole art style. Your dedication is honestly, like, unmatched. Very incredible stuff, man. So I was just kind of wondering, like, how did um, you get involved uh, with Free For All? Like, what was the first kind of step in that direction? Uh, We had a growing disdain for the culture of furry conventions at the time. So this is circa, like, a year ago or a couple years ago. Uh, Yeah, I just didn't... I don't want to go into specifics as to why we have a disdain for furry conventions, but it's mostly the culture. It's, uh, It's not the best. It's very political. Um, you can't really just go to a furry convention and be a furry. You have to have some kind of agenda either uh, promoted by you or around you, and if you don't, that can cause trouble, and that becomes annoying, and you just want to hang out with your friends and have a good time. So yeah, when, totally, right? when a new convention comes across the block, and keep in mind, this is the first real convention to do as such in a very long time, at least that I've seen, uh, you're, you're seeing a little bit more of a cultural trend, uh, trend changing now with more conventions coming out saying that they're anti-cancel culture or what have you now. But Free For All was really the first to really have the balls to, to make a stand saying that they're against that form of culture. 
and that immediately made it very attractive. The size of the convention didn't really matter. It's just this is a space where you can go to a convent, a furry convention, and just be a furry, and that's it. You know, that's right. Being uh, advertised, and that's appealing. Yeah, quality over quantity for sure. So, peace. Uh, was this like your sentiment too? Like when you wanted to, you know, create free for all. Like, wh- what was the whole drive behind that? Like, what was your initial plans? You know, like, did you formulate this idea, and you just wanted to go gung ho? Oh, I think her mic cut out. Give her one second. Technical difficulties, everyone. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, just kind of wondering like how it all started. You know. Hmm. Yep. yep. There we there go. Sorry. Go. Sorry. My bad. My bad. My bad. All good. She did. I think my mic came unplugged and I had to. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> uh, to answer your question, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the drive behind free for all was absolutely just kind of we're all sick of <clears throat> the political agendas that have been pushed on really either end of this. I think it's really both ends of the spectrum to blame here. It's it's not. A deal of right versus left it's just the fandom is in this awkward culture war of sorts that you know is reflected in you know outside the fandom too and it's just mm. kind of polluting the furry fandom and we like, we wanted like uh, the adage is um you know like furry mirrors draws parallels to real life right way, yeah but the whole point of furry was it's supposed to be more of, you know, like an escape and a fantasies. You can go and have a party and just be a furry character and have a good time. And right, period. Right. That's it. You leave all your fear of social media and all what's going on in the world at the door. And this is a place where you can get away for a weekend, let your hair down and have a good time. And that's been lost. So that's what we wanted to bring back. Yeah, for sure. And this is, you know, as unfortunately something that has been going on in the fandom for some time, all this, you know, radical political stuff that really doesn't have anything to do with being a furry at all. Like, like, can we not have a convention where we don't have to, you know, pander to a particular type of ideology or we just like, you know, go for a weekend and have fun? I think what's going on is that furry culture, in a way, is adopting a lot of ideas from other cultures. And I think that um, because uh, the origins of furry conventions are a little bit more West Coast America side, so like kind of Seattle-esque culture, um, they've adopted some ideas from what's happening to colleges right now, which is drifting further and further and further and further and further left-wing to the point where... uh, even if you're a centrist or otherwise not really fully embracing more radical ideas, you're not a efficient activist and therefore you're not really part of the, the clique or the group, right? So now they've kind of bubbled and insulated themselves and they're attacking their own kind. So they're attacking furries essentially for not being furry enough. And what is furry now is political and that's kind of stupid. Like you, you shouldn't have to be uh, toting some kind of American political voting line and declaring who you're voting for all year long to be a fox or a wolf or to be some kind of animal person and put on a suit for a weekend. I don't see how those things have anything to do with each other. 
You're absolutely right, man. They don't. But uh, this is what we've seen, you know, going on the last few years. And the fact that, you know, there was a convention, you know, free-for-all that wanted to exist, you know, that neglects all that, you know, human problems and that political crap. And then they got attacked. I mean, what the hell? So that's uh, kind of a segue to my next question. So, uh, Peace, uh, how did you, like, handle this? You know, when, like, you wanted to build your own con and whatnot i mean like what were people saying to you about that like why were they so mad <laughs> uh so the let me backtrack a little bit so okay the Wu association which runs free for all <clears throat> essentially the reason why it was created was because of the fallout that happened with another oklahoma furcon called Tales and Tornadoes because there was some drama over a guest of honor that they didn't like, so they kind of caved to getting rid of them because essentially they were too conservative. They were Christian, you know, X, Y, Z reason. Right. So the people that weren't happy about that created a friend group, which later became a woo and... I started getting, when, when everybody heard kind of what happened with TTFC, I started getting invited to more uh, chats and spaces that leaned conservative. And I, I started hearing whispers from people like, oh, what if we had a based for a convention that uh, didn't have a political agenda, that didn't ban people for silly reasons, that didn't freak out over COVID or what's going on on Twitter and just have a fun party, you know, wouldn't that be great? And I heard, I kept hearing it, hearing it, hearing it. I'm like, okay maybe there's a demand for it. So I got together a small board of directors as stable as I could find the people. Mm -hmm. And we sat down together and we said, okay, there seems to be a demand for this kind of thing to happen. So why don't we just give it a try? Someone's got to try. Nobody's trying. The worst thing that can happen is we fail. You know? Well, really, to, to fail really is to not try in the first place. So the, really the worst thing that could happen is we don't try. So that's what we did. And some of our earliest challenges, as you guys know, um, was after, shortly after we launched, like we had, we had signed a contract with Marriott. And after we signed that contract, we went public with our news that we were going to run free-for-all. And about a week later... The hotel got in touch with us and said we don't want to do it anymore. And I was like, "Well, what? Why not? We signed a contract, uh, right? Yeah. Goodness, I remember and, uh, that. Yeah, they they said that the reason why was because <laughs> it's it's silly, but they thought that our guest of honor at the time, Two Griffin, they thought he was a Nazi because of his. <laughs> they, they, they thought that because of his show that he did in Germany. And they saw his DVD and how it was like German themed and like, well, we're across from the Jewish Recreation Center and, you know, we can't really have that. It doesn't look good. And I'm like, oh, 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 all right. So oh. that, <laughs> wow. that put us in a predicament and we had to scramble to find a new venue. Luckily, we did mm-hmm. with the right. Gwimple Conference right. Center and the Gwimple Conference Center worked out because they are a public government building. So... <clears throat> They handle their contracts a little bit differently than a private property would, like the Marriott. So, and they've also 
been through their fair share of uh, heat because they, they're very pro-police and all that. So they've had to deal with people calling and leaving nasty emails and showing up and causing scenes and things like that. So when we told them about what was going on, they were like, oh, yeah, no, it's it's fine. You know, we understand. And if things happen, then, you know, we'll have police on site and it'll be fine. So they've been very supportive. Right. But but the, the loss of the last venue, was that because people were, like, calling in and saying some crazy bad stuff about, about what's yeah, going on? It was a combination of people calling and emailing and people making, like, the, the news articles, quote-unquote news articles. Yeah. They right. really just hit pieces. But they, they thought that they were real news companies when they were talking to me. I wanted to go and talk to the hotel in person about this and be like, look, this these are just people on Twitter screaming. There's nothing to worry about, but they wouldn't see me in person. They just yeah, terminated just it angry over trolls. email. And I would I would imagine like, you know, people who are like in the corporate sphere or like working for this hotel, they'd be like, well, we don't want this kind of controversy, so we're just gonna, yeah. you know, leave it be. So obviously they were pussies. Mm. Yeah, well, these are people that knew me because I was the chair of TTFC, and this was the same hotel. So yeah, but, I knew the, the, the sales it. rep that I was talking to. She knew me personally. So goodness, I think I think it was probably more like the general manager. It wasn't the person that I would that I had known rather intimately, which was the sales manager. So I, I don't know. It's it's neither here nor there at this point, but. No, it's not because, like, of course, you were able to get the the Glenpool uh, Conference Center. How did that come about? Like, did you talk to um some people? Like, make some calls? Like, how did you be uh, able to do that? So while we were looking for a new venue, I think one of our staff members at the time made the suggestion. They're like, "Oh, how about the Glenpool Conference Center?" And at the time, I was like, "Ah, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of small. It's not you know, there's no hotel, but." I looked into it a little bit more. Well, the hotel's right next door, and you know that that works out because we can we can have the hotel there, but we don't have to have a room block, so that won't be a risk factor or anything. People can just get their own rooms, and then it's you know it's the government building, and it just it made everything so much easier. I'm really glad that it worked out. Oh, for sure, yeah, it totally did. I mean, my goodness, like the hotel's like literally twenty feet away from the con center so that's pretty cool yeah and i had the added benefit of i grew up in glenpool so i know several people there that do like run events for the event center so people that i grew up with in school graduated with went to church with so i'm not a stranger to them either which is oh nice. great so when it came to like um, choosing a special guest, uh, what about Two Griffin? Like, did you talk to him like before this and all that? I'm sure you probably had a relationship or whatnot. Yeah, we. Uh, I reached out to him shortly after we decided to create Free for All because one of our immediate next questions was, "Okay, what's the theming going to be? Who's our guest of honor going to be?" And we all came to the conclusion that Two Griffin would be the obvious choice because he is somebody that has been a victim of cancel culture, unfortunately, with not just Anthrocon, but other conventions too. Like he tried to be guest of honor for, I think it was IFC. And then 
he wasn't able to do that either. But he's somebody that really enjoyed doing his stand-up, and he just kind of got barred from it. So we wanted to give him a chance to have the mic again and be on stage. And I think, regardless of how his performance went, which was great, by the way, I think it meant a lot to people to just see him on stage. So... Oh, for sure, yeah. That was definitely incredible. We wanted My to goodness, pick like, somebody who had like already kind of experienced cancel culture and had been canceled, and we give them a second chance. So, Oh, right on. So, yeah. I think that's the best way that you can make a statement of that regard, to really put your money where your mouth is, that you're anti-something, is to face it directly. And what is the dragon of cancel culture is these uh othered people or these you know problematic people giving them a platform in which they can just express who they truly are and you know if if the world doesn't catch on fire and everything doesn't melt to the ground then maybe the grounds for kicking them out of the fandom wasn't very justified and i think that is what a lot of people are afraid of is that maybe there is some overreaching going on with cancel culture which is rather obvious and that's going to oust a lot of people as kind of dicks. And mm-hmm. if you're a dick in power, the last thing you're going to do is want to release your dick and release your power. So that's why you're <laughs> seeing a lot of resistance. You, you totally nailed it, Jason. Absolutely. Like th- that's unfortunately like like that is the state of the fandom now. You know, it's like we're not even like allowed to have fun without people, you know, like the hate mob descending upon someone who they dare disagree with. Pretty freaking bonkers, man. And but I think free for all is definitely something very special. I'm yeah, sorry, Joel. Yeah. The thing I wanted to touch on too, because like last year, I was I was literally witnessing all of this, and everybody and every single mainline furry and their mothers wanted the con to fail. And I guess in a way, just um, what kind of press you you know, what kind of thing did you guys say to yourself, or like you know, to press to just to press forward amidst all of this pushback? Well, was, like I was saying earlier. The only way you fail is you don't try, and somebody yeah. has to try, even if it ended up not being successful. But I right. mean, it was successful. We we had a couple hundred people. We got together. We had a party. Nothing bad happens. Yeah. And the statistics speak for themselves too. You know, it's um by all things, it's free for all is like basically a very saintly furcon compared to what passes for cons these days. Yeah, no drug overdoses, no ambulances, no violence, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> not, not breaking down the elevators, no glory holes in certain exactly. bathrooms, not filling up pools and spas with things that clog them, not destroying the bathrooms, not smearing things on the walls, not damaging property, not stealing things, no one having sex in the lobby. <laughs> yeah, you're damn right. But God forbid we have uh, opinions that people don't like because we want to reject your human politics and just want to be furry. Goodness. Oh, no. The, the the question of the room is why do you think people want it to fail? Because they're radicals that have been hijacked. Pretty what, much. What do you think the the mentality is? This should fail because X. What is what do you think is the threat these people feel? I think no, it would fail fe- because it's a fear based response, right? So what are they afraid of? They're afraid of uh, platforming people that they disagree with because they don't want to hear you know the other side. Pretty much it. What do you feel is threatening them from the other side, supposedly? Because we're, we're, we're playing, we're playing Steel Man. Right? We're trying I, I, to 
that's... into the shoes of someone who doesn't want this to operate. So what do you think the logic is? Again, <laughs> logic. We, there is no bad, logic. You know. There is no logic to this. Mm -hmm. You have angry people on Twitter who just, you know, blindly follow some ideology because they're like radicals. Yeah. And they, they see a convention that, well, I'm a furry, but I want to shut this convention down because they're bad. And I think they're bad. There's no logic to it. These people are not very bright. That's pretty much it. I think it's yeah. a fear response. There is no love where there is right. fear, right? So mm -hmm. this is why I support conventions like Free For Alls because the game they're playing, one, they can't win. Two, no one can really win, and it's not going to last. You're not going to you're not going to grow a fandom in which you're afraid of the fandom. How are you meant to have any kind of real, genuine, authentic discourse about the furry community if you're afraid to talk about anything that's involved with it? You're just kind of parading around, putting up a front to people about some kind of Vogue-esque culture that you're not even really believing in you're just trying to fit in it's all a sham it's a fraud and it's not going to last so they might complain about it but if they're not perpetuating a good faith attitude and love in their own little circles they're very surface level and they're prone to collapse that's why the types of people that dedicate their time to attacking small conventions and small communities are typically as you said people that don't touch grass and spend <laughs> yep. a little bit too much time on social media <laughs> They're already in a state of misery and they're upset because if someone can you know, if someone can demonstrate that they want the community to start get, heading in a more mature, healthier direction, that reflects poorly on them if they don't want to do that yet. So they're going to resist, push back, and put barriers around that so they have more time to kind of exist as they are in that state of misery. You're absolutely correct about that. The uh, thing yeah. is, uh, a lot of the detractors, you know, people that, that don't like FFA or like our friends or you or me or whatever, they're just very sad, lonely, angry people. You know, I think like the, the 2020 uh, COVID thing really did have a massive effect on people's mentality. They spent way too much time online and they get their kicks out of hurting people. That's what we've seen, sadly. Yeah, and that's caused. I understand that's caused like a massive, you know, mental shift to it. But Definitely you know, but on to, to just to finalize this point, there's some good live comments in agreement with this too. You know, Emerson Collie, people are afraid people may actually have fun and not be at war with one another. Yeah, God forbid. Oh no, we're doing our own thing because we're not censored by you fucks. Yeah, hmm. another one too. You know, Terry Draka, simple. If free for all succeeds, that not only means they're wrong, the mob, it means they victimize people who didn't deserve it. Well, that was true right. from before I, it even happened. I think the heart of this narrative, the one that they're clinging to, is a victim culture, a victim complex narrative, right? That everyone is against the furry fandom. Anyone that opposes the agenda must be a bad person because I'm a victim. Whereas if there is any ground to be made where they're actually a dick, it, that whole thing falls apart, and then they have to actually self-reflect and improve themselves. And if people are completely resistant against that, it's like a tantrum. Like it's like a three-year-old who kicks and screams that they didn't get their ice cream. They're going to fight it to the last second until they have to otherwise, if you have bad character. Right. Or they're going to throw a tantrum <laughs> and post it for everyone to see. Yeah, you're right. I just really want to get back to like 
you know, what the fandom was supposed to be. You know, we dress up as animals for fun. You know, this is like a, a, a fun, silly hobby, right? When, I don't, when I, when I do I not the... understand the backlash, like why there's so much hate for people like us. It's yeah. crazy. Well, well, think about when furry conventions first founded themselves. If you watch the old school uh, documentaries, not the new ones, which is very, very woke, but the ones that right. are available a couple of years ago, uh, the culture, the like overall, the furry fandom was very unknown, and there was a lot more resistance towards or a lot of confusion or just misunderstanding as to what it is. I would say that it was far more punk rock when furry fandoms first started out and they started out roughly the size as conventions you see now with like free for all. Uh, mm -hmm. That's, that's probably when it was like the most rock style level was back in the time where people were like criticizing it as being this like uh, fetishy kind of BDSM thing. Cause that's where the biggest overlap was. I was like, Oh, people in costumes and there is uh, LGB, you know, T stuff going on. And it seems to be more, liberal and all this stuff and that was you know really taking people off a blind side at the time but then it grew up to be something that was salient for current political narratives so now uh adopting that kind of mentality is very beneficial for furries it kind of elevates them so they're really enjoying that power right now to the detriment of their own culture it's we're losing the kind of furry part of it for other things so if anything, conventions that really kind of bring it back to the furry fandom idea and conversations and interests, that's the new counterculture. If you want to be punk rock again, bring it back to furry and say, no, fuck you, we're not doing your politics. Yeah, right? Oh, dude, of course. But this is, it's, it's 2023, right? Like, this is unfortunately like the reality. You know, people are so delved deep into their political ideologies like they they forgot how to like have fun you know make friends and, like actually go to an event you know without having some uh, hatred in their or, hearts or like a million little you know arbitrary rules one after another yeah or, or anything like that i mean my yeah. goodness like do they not appreciate the community or like do they just want to hurt people or you know, be or think they're the ones in control, more or less. Yeah, no, these not, rules that's... change all the time. The rules are ever changing, which is frustrating as hell to anybody that wants to subscribe to whatever you want to call this culture now. I don't know, Pisa. Uh, you've you are pretty damn inspirational. You know the fact that you even built FFA and. You really do convey a powerful message. I think that's very important to know. Oh, it's I appreciate that. It's just, you know, it's anybody that has tried to even remotely stand up against what's going on right now would understand when I say that it is very, very difficult, especially if there's someone that finds yourself like Say for example, you you do subscribe to all, all the craziness going on, and that that's your friend group. But then one day you decide to take the red pill, or you, you think you <laughs> want to take the red pill, and then you're looking at all these people standing around you. You're like, oh no, <laughs> you're gonna lose your whole friend group or people you thought were friends who aren't really friends. You know, I mean that's that's hard. That can destroy right. you mentally. I've, I've seen it happen to people. And it's and, it's yeah, horrible. To that point, like 
in times like these where you run into meat grinder, you really do find out who your true friends are. Right. It's and in that way, you know, you really not to put a fine point on this too, but you know, it, it, I know you you two have basically been on a roller coaster just not too long ago, and oh yeah, kind of we're actually going to segue into that. I love roller coasters. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're thrilling. <laughs> but uh, when it comes to the whole roller coaster of, I guess, like you know, social media, online presence, yeah, Jolta, you want to expand on that? Yeah, I know. Like on your on your end, I mean, peace. You've got you just had all this stuff basically being thrown at you on the domain of social media. <laughs> I mean, which fine point I just basically stay out of. Yeah. But you know, but at the end of the day, um, like there's basically a, a you know a silver lining to all this too, right? You've got you know, oh like, yeah. You've got more, you know, more and more people are aware of you. More and more people, have, you know, have the knowledge of free for all. What's really, you know, going down, you know, behind, behind mm -hmm. the closed curtains. Not just in, not so much in free for all, but like how the whole furry thing works. Right. So. Yeah, and then because of everything that's been happening lately, like if you was saying, you know who your friends are, and mm -hmm. you find people that you can actually trust. So once you surround yourself with more of those people, you get more of a solid ground to stand on. You realize you're not alone. There's not quite so much to be afraid of. And you go from there. Yeah, right on. Mm -hmm. And I think the, point, like, the you know, important really thing... Yes, can't, can't hurt you. Yeah, the important thing to perhaps learn, it's not something that is immediately evident from the gate, is that social media is a game. And to what furries are trying to, well, at least what the current standing of furries are trying to do in the fandom in terms of agenda is also a game. Once you learn the rules of those games, you can start using their reactionary nature and the hysteria and the outrage to your advantage. So if their goal is to try and to silence something, their normal means of advertising are going to be less effective because they already know uh, the default things people do to try to promote something, you know, which is the normal channels. But if you know that they're going to react to every little thing that you ever do because they're afraid of your power and they're afraid of your voice, uh, hmm. as you can see, if you play certain cards right with shit posting or memes or otherwise uh, probing at the right pressure points, they will advertise for you. And that's in part why myself and Cabs have uh, lasted as long as we have, is because every single time that we get cancelled so you need to imagine me like you know doing the little uh, dr evil quotation marks cancelled all it's ever really done is called us to get uh substantially more successful in terms of our income and supporters it causes a th th there's there's karma in every degree of this right so while they think that they're gaining traction in their bubbles it's not a good look for normal people normal people will and have been discovering the state of the furry famine right now, as they have with the current memes, how far it's been spreading, it's a revelation of just how bad things are in this fandom right now. Like, the fact that this even happens, that it can go this far, that things can go on this long without anyone saying anything, not at any point kind of objecting, going, you know what, this isn't right, 
maybe someone should step in here and do something that none of that happens until it's way too late. And then the way people react to that, um, it's not a good look. And you could say that it's not a good look for all the parties involved too, but it really depends what you do with that resource. Even even controversy is a resource. So if you're mature and smart about it, you can really turn any lemon into a blessing. So I think that despite uh, the hysteria and all the controversy of people being human and making mistakes and what have you, it is still good for the con. It's bringing attention to the con. And uh, when people are looking, it's similar to what we did with her Twitch stream. Uh, Immediately after posting the the silly uh, cookie comic, she had a big bump up on her Twitch stream. And what we do in that time frame where people are curious, like a lot of people aren't necessarily mad. They're just like, what the fuck is happening? I got to investigate this story or whatever, right? If they stumble into your lane and realize that you're an, entertain- you're an entertainer and you're good at what you do, they stick around and you've just generated a, like 30% more supporters. So part of the recipe to never really ever getting canceled is just... Learn how to get back onto the horse when you fall off or when you feel like your wagon is being bumped around or be the rock that stays still when the waves crash over you. You know, Don't confuse yourself with the waves. Always uh, make lemon out of lemonade. Whatever, the other way around. <laughs> You're roll with <laughs> I know what you mean. Wow. Goodness. That was pretty damn good. You know, I have to say, like, you... And cabs, you know, one of the reasons why you're so popular is because you do the right thing. You know, you're not like some, you know, malicious, evil person that, you know, people want to attack or whatever. Well, no, that comes down to perspective. It, we are capitalistic. Well, so if you come from an well, capitalism, is capitalism is great. Is so whatever. <laughs> and you're like, you know, I'm not going to no, say I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, man, like you, that. But yeah, that can just make you evil out of the gate that you aim to profit or succeed. So. Nah, I was just talking about like integrity, you know, like, of course, people don't like in this fan, like, they're not really a big fan of successful people for some reason. Let's explore that thought process. Why do you think success is bad if you're a furry? Oh, because a lot of them are socialists. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. <laughs> well, that's it. That's like, it. you know, we all know, of course. Yeah, it's socialistic and communistic ideas. Yeah, fucking so, commies, of course. <laughs> so for people who don't know a ton about communism and socialism, imagine a breadline, right? Let's say that you're someone that is unskilled. You have not learned how to make bread, but you love eating bread because it keeps you alive. Uh, when you are given the opportunity to start your own bread business or get into a line, and in this line, you will eventually get free bread. What you eventually have is a country full of people in the bread line, no one making bread, everyone starves. Capitalism is we are going to pay the best person to make the best bread, and then it's competitive. So the fundamental core belief of communism is they're anti-competition, and capitalism is a form of competition. They don't like the idea of people working hard and being rewarded for hard work. So when you have artists that are good at what they do, that in of itself, just talent or just skill, is a threat. So we have to. So it doesn't matter how good you are, how much you contribute, or how much of a pillar you are for said community. Just the the fact that you're a tall poppy, you have to get your head cut off. Yeah, and that's kind of sad because, like, you know, in this fandom, like, we really need some, you know, talented artists to go forward, right? Like, you know, make our community look freaking awesome. Like, I would love to have, you know, badges and fursuits and all that. Uh, you and Cabs are like probably one of the most like prominent artists. I've ever met. Uh, you do a damn good job. But, uh, I don't know, maybe people aren't 
super happy about success or whatever. Speaking of that, that might be a good segue into what's been happening with Fur Affinity lately. Oh, about, oh, about Fur Affinity. Yeah. Yes, please go. <laughs> about like, how they're treating their talented artists. Mm. Yeah. So for those unaware, uh, Fur Affinity has become so woke at this point that <laughs> the only thing that is credible as a valid member of said community is your politics. Your artwork, commissions, or otherwise, any economy that you bring, be damned. It is 100% pol- uh, politics now. Yep. It, and it, it doesn't have to be your politics. You could keep your mouth damn shut. You could even not even have said beliefs. But if you so much as talk to or humor or associate to any degree with someone that has non-far-left views, you're going to get banned. <laughs> And this isn't a soft accusation. Uh, a big no, way. You're right. You're right. 10 plus year major artists. We're talking uh, like myself. I have brought over, I think it was 1.6 or 1.4 million views to FA. Mm-hmm. I'm gone now. I, didn't, I haven't made a journal or a comment in seven months. So it's got nothing to do with my tongue. I barely say anything on Twitter. I think the, the timing was uh, we dared, we had the audacity to be willing to, with our capitalistic dirty pockets, pay for affinity for advertising space for this convention, free-for-all. It was either that or it's just the audacity to say interview Zausch on a podcast like six years ago. Things like this. Just any any interaction with capitalism or traditional Western beliefs um, have put you on a hit list, and they have tried to put both me and my wife out of the picture for God knows how long now. A lot of it hasn't succeeded, and I think they're just tired. It's like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. We're already on, in the hot seat. Twitter is against us. All, like, we've had to turn off our comment system on journals for years now. Fuck it. Let's just, let's just get the sabers out. Let's start cutting these people down. Let's go on a fucking tirade. And let's ban all of our biggest content creators and small people too. It's not exclusive to the big ones. I had a lot of notes uh, sent my way of people saying that uh, they had already been banned just for, say, being associated with the Raiders or supporting them or Raiders themselves. Ouch. And just conservatives yeah. or just whatever, right? This was across <laughs> several years. So it was more like if you were more outwardly spoken about, say, conservatism a few years ago, that would be what would get you clapped. But now it's just association purely. If you're following someone or whatever, you, you watch something or you've made any hint of conservatism, even if you're a centrist, because sorry, boys and girls, centrist means that you have both left and right beliefs. So you're going to show colors of that sometimes. If you're any way authentic, you're going to get clapped off that platform. Right. So they're the ones calling us the Nazis. Projection much? Right. Well, that's <laughs> obvious. Fuck? All, you know, all of this uh, political agenda stuff, a lot of it just comes as projection. So if you have someone kind of yelling you down at some kind of accusation on Twitter, it's because that's what occupies their mind all the time. You're right. You know, I was going to make this um, thing at face value because it was like everybody was just going to hop on the bandwagon of, okay, that's just, you know, something's just happened to peace with. Let's just you know, strike while the iron's hot. <laughs> I guess, how did you just react to all of this whole, you know, the sudden ban- the discovery that you were just, you know, yeeted from the site piece? Uh, I was 
upset, but not Lily's bit surprised. No. Because, you know, I associate with JSON effects and cabs, obviously, and then mm-hmm. what happened with the comic generated a whole lot of heat, heat that they probably wanted to deflect as soon as possible. So, yeah, I'm surprised I wasn't kicked off sooner, to be honest with you. <laughs> Actually, that's a good point. I was surprised that you weren't kicked off as soon as, like, we tried to get the ad for, <laughs> for FA. I don't like, think it took a month. Yeah, it took, like, I think it's quite funny that uh, upon that advertisement request, despite Peace Wolf's email address being attached to it, they came after me and Kate because we were on the ad itself. Like, our yeah, what the hell? The ad, right? Sorry, and we're, we're uh, the most uh, problematic centrist in the fandom, right? So, so far right, so conservative. Oh, yo, <laughs> uh, yo honestly, our, uh, uh, Jason, uh, the other day I saw like someone posted on Twitter. It was like a few months old, but they called you and cabs like fascist artists. Yeah. <laughs> Not even kidding, man. I'm sure you've seen that a lot. But. Yeah, because Amorous, the video game, is such a fascistic game and totally oh, not left goodness with its roster of LGBT plus characters, nearly all of them being on that spectrum and all of, nearly 90% of all of our content being uh, for the LGBT plus audience. But yeah, we're fascistic for sure. Yo, I know, right? It's fucking crazy. Makes so much sense. <laughs> It's just manifesting from the void. We must be having like this secret underground. Like this podcast is so fascistic with these uh, declarations yeah, like, of wanting. Literally, <laughs> I, still, I still remember how somebody said, that, "Oh, don't you know? Here's, here, here we are on iTunes. Ooh, don't report this. Wink, wink. Yeah, like, whistleblow, yeah, whistleblow. Like, okay. Yeah, well, we're still standing. We're still here, and." Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I got ways of um circumventing all this. Yeah, but a- anyone with a single brain cell knows that it's bullshit. It's yeah, just all a front. It's a power move. Well, you have a lot of very dedicated haters, I would say. You know, people that are willing to actually like make um, articles and crap about you. Biggest me, fans. My friends. Uh, of course, right? Uh, you too, Peace. All of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, we, we have a... a bunch of radical nut jobs out there who are just like well i'm gonna go uh, get some clout by talking bad and bullying people <laughs> that'll make me popular two words rent free yep rent free. right yeah that's what they I, do uh, <laughs> you're damn right i i consider it tremendously <laughs> flattering that there is so many furries that are so butthurt about my tongue i don't consider myself to be the most uh intellectual or the most educational or the most anything really i find myself quite vanilla realistically like it obviously in terms of what we make it's not vanilla it's very left-leaning but in terms of my threat level for the fandom i don't consider myself that scary but if i can scare that many people in the fandom by just telling the truth about reality then that's Mm -hmm. how fucked it is yeah you damn right (laughs) totally man i think if you if you simplify it to its deepest level it's a normie like a normie level person entering a insulated bubble space and making them very uncomfortable. It's like you're walking into a, 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 room, a room of people playing D&D and you're just kind of like throwing a football. It's like, fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against yeah, D&D, sure. but it's that kind of vibe. You know, it's like we've already made this like tight little group and we're, we are already very like uh, resistant to change and we don't like to adapt. And this guy with his more mainstream ideas is threatening this bubble. Fuck him. It's all it really is. It's got nothing to do with what we actually make or believe. 
goodness. It's like high school. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah, and it doesn't surprise me because I, <laughs> I played the same role in high school. I was uh, voted onto the student council council because I was very popular, loved by a majority of cliques. I because I. I'm one of those guys where you could say anything and it rolls off my back. You know, it's very easy to get along with. That's yeah. still gonna that's still gonna piss off some dorks that are trying to power play the whole way through high school and no one likes them. You know, those snake people. They hiss snake uh-huh. people. Yeah, I don't get along well with snakes. I'm I'm the wolf, right? So you know you have sheep and wolves, I'm a wolf. Flat out. And if you notice who they're banning, they're banning all the wolves. And the people uh the true predators in the fandom are the wolves in sheep clothing. They pretend to be these kind of innocent males or otherwise just kind of like, oh, we're, we, we don't have any aggression. All the aggression's over there, but everyone has aggression. What they're really doing is like feminine social aggression, hence all these kind of stupid games and uh, rhetoric and stuff going around. Yeah, just passive aggressive all, all shit. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, reality check. If you're complaining on Twitter all day, you're, you're aggressive. That's aggression. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. passive aggressive nonsense. It's active aggression. It's not even passive. Like if you're tweeting all day, you're aggressive, flat out. Well, I guess so, but like they're hiding behind a screen, so it's not like they can actually do anything. Well, that that just uh, puts an extra layer between them and the consequence. They're still very Blah. aggressive people. Oh, good point. Think of like Antifa, right? They wear masks, they dress in all black, they wear shades, but then they attack people physically. It's yeah, well, aggressive. they punch you and then say, "Why did you hurt me?" Like, bro, shut up. Well, you know that that game is there. They're uh, making a plea to the authority figure in the room, right? So, in this case, it's the politicians and the political groups that are promising them everything. If they dob in their political rivals, they win favor. So that's the whole game. So you right. attack and uh, threaten. It's like a mafia. So it's like the furry mafia. Let's blackmail, <laughs> dox, uh, extort, harass, attack. Cancel block, and we'll gain favor if we do that. It has nothing to do with the furry fandoms about power. Yeah, you're not wrong. All right. So, so uh, uh, another uh, qu- question I had, um, piece about Safari Sanctuary. Um, yeah. How, how did you first um, like start volunteering there, and wh- why did you um, want them to be like the charity that we donated Ooh. to? Ooh, I love talking about stories. All right. Yeah, right on. So, so I discovered Safaris several years ago, actually. They were our charity for Tales and Tornadoes. And when Tales and Tornadoes okay. was looking for a charity, we were asking other cons for advice. And one of those cons is Wild Nights, which is a camping con, in, also in Oklahoma. Nice. And we're like, we, we, need a, we need a charity to support. Do you have any, you know, anybody that really needs it and they're like well the charity that we support is is always really hurting for volunteers and extra funding so maybe we could do like a joint partnership where we both support the same charity and i was like okay that's that's kind of different i'm sure why not so me and a handful of the staff on my team at the time and the chairman of wild nights we all went out there to safaris to meet the owner and do like some recording so we can put a video together. And I met Lori, who is a sanctuary owner and I met all the animals. She took us around, talked about the sanctuary, its history. And I immediately fell in love. 
Oh, wow. Like, okay, I'm uh, sorry to interrupt. Just like, what, what year was that? Uh, 2018, 2019, somewhere around that time. Okay. Uh, so yeah. you met them and you started volunteering? Yeah. So after, like, I, I fell in love not just with the animals, but with Lori because she is an incredible woman. She's very selfless and she is very clearly very knowledgeable about all the animals. And anybody that has been there can see that the animals are very, very happy. So since then, TTFC picked them up. Uh, unfortunately, recently, both TTSC and Wild Knights dropped them due to their association with Free For All because we decided to support them with Free For All as well. But <clears throat> okay, yeah, that's that's kind of some of my history with them. I, I uh, until recently, I would go at least once a month to volunteer. We okay, just a, a, an event with a woo to where people could go, and we'd go together as a group to go and volunteer. Sometimes it was just me going by myself, and I was fine with that. But lots of times we got some pretty big groups to go together, and it was a good bonding experience for the people in a woo and you know, getting to know the staff members of safaris and getting to learn about the animals. And oh, right on! That is great. super cool. So, so how did you like? Um, did you like message them like, "Hey, we're having a convention going on, and we'd like you to, to help, like, be a part of that." How did that whole thing go down? Well, they I was introduced to safaris basically through Wild Nights, so friend of a friend kind of deal. And then okay. he said, okay, well, we're starting a, a Oklahoma's first hotel convention, which was TTSC at the time, and we want to we wanna support you guys. And then, of course, they were like, oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah, I remember uh, meeting a bunch of the safari guys um, last year. The snakes and the turtle and the iguana. I mean, the lizard. Oh man, that was super cool. Yeah, and they came to FFA last year, as you guys know, yep. and they brought all their animals, and we got lots of funny pictures and experiences out of it. And since then, I've become really close friends with Lori, so we work together quite frequently. And yeah, oh, she's that's just, incredible. She's, an amazing person and all the staff at safaris i've become friends with them as well they're all really based people like they just they're no bullshit kind of people and they're great well yeah i mean they have a mission you know just mm -hmm. to help save animals you know help them that's great i know so to um in the interest of time i mean we can keep going but the fact um just wants to ask you know what the what the future lies in store not just for the two of you, but for um, free for all, and you know, not just yeah, just you know your your art plans, your all that stuff. Like, what do you plan to do? In, you know, in, within furry. Well, for me, regardless of the turnout for a free for all, it's a statement. My mm -hmm. statement is fuck you, first and foremost, <laughs> to people who. <laughs> want to make the furry community something that it's not. Okay. It is a, a calling card that I support the fandom for its core values. I always will. If future conventions, like there is already a couple starting, as I said earlier in the podcast, there is a Seattle-based convention that recently made a statement uh, in regards to cancel culture and how they're standing against that. And boy, howdy, was Twitter mad about that. But uh, we'll have to wait and see if they follow through on that, maybe they'll cave. Um, apparently, there's been 
examples of conventions that have tried to stand against cancer culture and then buckle at the knees immediately at the smallest sign of social pressure. So it really comes down to how large the testicles are on people that run these types of things and how strong their spine is so they don't become worms that slide around on the ground. So I'm making a statement that I support the fandom for the same reason that I joined it. I like uh, anthropomorphic animals. I think uh, the art and creative mediums that you can express with them is untapped. I think that um, we would greatly benefit from more talent, not less. I don't think it matters what you do in your personal time. This is why I have the same stance towards sexuality. Do whatever you want to do. Be the person you want to be. Be the animal you want to be. Just don't stop other people from trying to pursue the same dreams and goals. If people want to get together and hold a convention and they're not hurting anyone, I don't see the harm. If you are hurting people or you're doing damage, you should be responsible for that. If you hurt people in general, you should be responsible for that. But if you are a responsible adult, you have a fully developed brain, and you're uh, minding your own business with your friends, do whatever the fuck you want. That's my life motto. You are a free person so long as you are in a free country, and if you're not, that means you're not fighting hard enough to be in one. And unfortunately, freedom means that you have to make sacrifices. Uh, the America is a country I deeply respect. This is why I support a convention that has an American theme. Because at the heart of American culture, they uh, stood up in uh, stood up in opposition to their own oppression for their freedom, and they were willing to lose blood over it. I don't think that the furry fandom is in that position. I don't think we need any any kind of actual war or violence. I think this is purely a cultural problem. Uh, what the fandom needs to do to be healthier and have a better time and not have to worry about this eggshell situation where you're constantly looking over your shoulder, worried about being cancelled 24-7, is you just have to say no to people. You can't just please everyone. You have to be willing to not be friends with every single person you meet. You have to wear your authentic values on your sleeve, be yourself, and it's a screening process. Some people won't like that, but so be it. If more people did that, we wouldn't have this problem but it's the people that are constantly trying to appease everyone that they turn into the real monsters. You lose yourself in that process. Very well said. All right. And um, first off, before we go into Pete's future plans, um, to our listeners, um, I'm willing to open the line to questions for answers, not just for us, but to our esteemed guests, Jason FX and Pete Wolf. So if you've got any questions for them, feel free to post away and we'll do our best to answer them. Oh boy! All right now, yeah, you know, peace with. What about you? Your future plans regarding not just the convention, but very, you know, all things in, involving free mm. fandom. Yeah. So with free for all, I would very much like to see it keep running. So I'm gonna do everything in my power to make sure that happens. Um, in regards to other things, I'm gonna keep. You know, I take commissions now. Something that I, I didn't do for the longest time was art. I used to do it fairly, like, it was a fairly big part of my life up until I got married, and I won't go into that. But uh, after my divorce, I started getting back into it again because during my marriage, I kind of lost who I was, lost touch with a lot of the things that I used to enjoy. That was a part of my core identity, and art was one of them, so... I'm getting back into artwork now, and I'm getting better and improving, and I'm really enjoying taking commissions and all that good stuff. So I'm going to keep doing that. And then I recently picked up Twitch streaming a couple of years ago, 
and uh, working together with Jason and Cabs, they've really helped me. They've helped the the, the stream grow quite a bit with oh, their combined yeah. talents. Because, you know, Jason used to stream for a while, and he does the YouTube content stuff, and he has more experience than I do, so he's been kind of guiding me, helping me, and promoting, and it's been growing, and now we all stream together, and it's a good time. So... Those are the big three projects I've got going on right now. And some others that I can't talk about that are super secret. But <laughs> more stuff is coming that I'd like to do. Awesome, awesome. All right. We've got some questions lined up for you, Peace Wolf. First question from a Blade. Good to, good to see you back here again. Um, question for a fellow furry streamer. What do you consider a good balance between work and streaming and what method have you used for yourself? So... For me, streaming is, like, I do part-time streaming, part-time artist. I used to work an office job full-time, and then I also streamed, and then I also made fursuits, <laughs> so my my time was stretched very thin, but now that I'm not working an office job, it's a little bit easier to have that work-life balance, but I would say... What do I consider a good balance? You should not... One of the mottos that I live by is you should, you should not work more than you live or else you, you just kind of... Ha- you're miserable, right? So mm-hmm. <clears throat> work out a schedule that allows you to have downtime as well as time that you dedicate to improving your streams. Like Go back and listen to the streams that you had. Take advice from people. Like take crit- Be open to constructive criticism, all that good stuff. Very good. Next question on the line, Cody Wolf. Thanks for tuning in. Peace for you, Peace Wolf. Are there any plans pertaining to pies this year? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is. So many people. <laughs> so last year, for those of you, uh, if you aren't aware, last year at Free For All, we uh, we had a challenge issued to where if we raised a certain amount of money, last year it was it was three grand. If we could raise three grand for charity minimum, then both me and the guest of honor at the time, too, Griffin, would get pies in our face. And we we didn't just raise the three grand. Like, we blew so far past it. It was crazy. We raised more money than TTFC did, actually. And they had a... They, yeah, they, got, they had us completely then. beat in terms of attendance because they had about 500. We had about 250, about half. <laughs> and we raised... Right on. They raised seven grand. We raised eight... Like, a little over eight grand, I think. You know, I do so. want to make a statistical comparison. You did like well above and beyond for what a, a first year convention would expect to raise, right? Like I kind of know this because I had um, my local state had a first year fur convention too, but they raised well far less than what you did, and in dollar reduced too. So mm. it's a testament to you... show that how how committed the people who go to free for all are. Yeah. So if you break that down, like if we were to divide, however much money we made. Eight thousand by two fifty. That averages out to thirty-two dollars a person. I think that's pretty generous. Yeah. Oh yeah, now, of course. Yeah, I've got a couple of questions, but we can't. We don't, sadly, I'm running a bit of a tight schedule, and I'm um, and I've you know, time, in the interest of time, we'll take at least one or two more. Little I seven. We um, if we wanted to show our friends promotional material for the convention. Is there anything specific we should demonstrate before the con? Now, free for all. So we, uh, the best place to get all our promotional material is our socials. 
So if you go to ffacon.com and you scroll to the bottom of the website, there's links to all the socials that we have. So that's mainly Twitter, Instagram, Telegram, and Facebook. So you can share stuff around that way. But honestly, the best way to get people to come to the convention is to get personal. Talk to your friends. Have a conversation like normal human mm. beings do. <laughs> and give them the fear of missing out. Be like, hey, I'm going to this convention in Oklahoma. It's going to be super fun. And if people feel like that they're going to miss out on something, they're going to be much more likely to go. And one of the most powerful phrases that you can say is, all my friends are going. <laughs> so that's that would be my number one recommendation. Show them the website. You know, you got stuff on our socials you can show them, but talk to them about it. Especially if you went last year, because then you can talk about what your experience was and mm -hmm. how much fun you had and what to expect and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. Veterans. One last question in the interest of time. Um, well, it's combined with a couple of questions that others have been asking. For Jason FX, question for the Green Raptor. With a lot of Furcons coming up, what advice would you give to new Furcon goers? Financial, packing, and playing advice. And that's also, you know, what can I expect when I come to a con? So, yeah, Jason, take it away. Uh, so, a little bit of humanization. When I went to my first con, I had a mental breakdown. <laughs> Not that I couldn't handle it. It was just like, uh, it was, it, first cons are very overwhelming. It's hard to know where to go. Uh, there is a lot of very colorful, zany characters everywhere. You have people running back and forth through hallways and screaming. And um, there is a lot of horror stories of being groped or otherwise. But this is the more giant cons, right? So I, honestly, my advice would be go to a small con, work up to these things, right? It's going to be less of a shock to the system if it's small. So like a fur meetup or a small con like FFA, something that everyone isn't really established if you go to established con that's been going on for ages um it's very like everyone is very set into their groove it's like going to a new high school right people are just kind of kind of steamroll you and your newness so um step one go with some friends go go with at least one safety buddy so that way even if you have a bad time or it's kind of a dud you can still have fun with your friend right so that's a good idea to um maybe go to the uh introductory panel there there are panels typically for new people where they kind of break you in a bit and they say all right here's what goes on in a convention you know the shower once every week or something and don't do this blah 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 the two one three something rule, the, 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 rule. yeah <laughs> can't yeah, believe yeah, you yeah, forgot that man yeah, go, shameful go, yeah wash yourself go to sleep eat enough food you know the typical be an adult stuff right That's what they go through they run you through this kind of thing and uh yeah, try not to set your expectations too high. You're not going to necessarily meet the love of your life and you know have a, a, an enlightening moment from your first convention. It's going to be a bit of stumbling to find your groove because it's, it is very much like a school or a campus. So you're going to have to kind of go there, figure out your own way, your own path, and find the people that work for you. Not everyone's going to love you. Mm -hmm. Indeed. All right, just in time, I've got one last question for you two of you. Do you guys plan on going to any other furry cons besides free for all? We, I mean, I would like to. I can't speak for Jason, but there are some cons that I would really like to attend, like maybe BLFC or uh, 
Pro Weekend Atlanta or Anthrocon or MFF. Those are some of the big ones that I'm interested in that I hear are fun in their own ways. And then, you know, MFF isn't very far from where they're not it's not very far from the border where J and K live, so Oh groovy. Easy one. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Anthrocon as well. The the big established cons will come down to how much they're adapting cancel culture. So obviously I can't go to cons if they're gonna stop me from walking in the gate. You know what I mean? I don't right. like, I don't know how you know, bad it actually is, but I I don't want to pack and get ready and register and make plans. And even if those plans are dashed like a week going to, I don't want to waste that time. So I'm only really going to support cons that make a public statement about cancel culture. So if they make a firm stance, I will even email at that point. It's like, okay, how firm are you saying? Like if me and my friends go. And if it's a yes, like, yeah, sure. Maybe I'll put them on my calendar. But currently uh, we've dedicated so much time to the work towards FFA this year that I'm probably going to take a break here. I'll still probably go to FFA. More like less... Less involved though, because I, I, you'll see at the end of this podcast, we'll release the video. It's uh, a lot of work. Um, I'm probably going to go to Japan, see the world a bit, do some other non furries things, and then come back to it. Maybe with some ripple effects from the work we're doing here, the culture will get better. That's the big thing. I just don't want to deal with the bullshit. Hey, right on. All right. So, um, just to wrap things up for the show, um, you can find our special esteemed guest, peacewolf at peacewolf.card.co. Right, that's where you've got all the links to your, you know, Twitch streams, you know, your art, what have you. And Jason, where yep. can we go to um to follow you? Your Twitter or? Uh, I would say www.jasoneffects.com. That's www.jasoneffects.com or Twitter. And this is a sad story. My Twitter handle is jasoneffectsfa because at the time fa was really the only place I was using. Right. <laughs> Isn't that ironic? <laughs> Yeah, I can't use it now because I have so many impersonators because I'm the you know, big bad guy. So I have impersonators on Twitter, impersonators on Telegram. Make sure you're talking to the right one. And Discord right. and Steam. All right. Now, is there any last like, closing statements from, from either of you? So do we have that video to show or... Uh, it is not finished, but if you guys stay tuned, we will have a YouTube video up on my YouTube channel in roughly an hour to two hours. It's almost done. It's going to do a little bit of polish. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. It's going to be about three and a half minutes long. It's going to go all of these themes in a funny kind of lighthearted way, and it's going to plug directly into the convention. So stay tuned yeah. for that. Hey, Groovy. Y'all get better check that out. Indeed. And last of all, don't forget, you know, Free Fall is just nearly a month away. Mm-hmm. Expect you all to, to be there. Yep, one more month, and then pre-reg ends on July 7th, if you want to get any of the packages that are beyond just the basic standard reg. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's going to be an awesome party. Can't wait. If you want to impress Big Daddy Green Boy, uh, oh, register whoa. early and possibly reach out to be staff. Because the more people on hand, the easier and more smoothly they can run the convention. That makes my job easier. So please do. More hands make less work. Mm-hmm. Teamwork makes the dream work. Anyway, as always, um, this is us. We are about to sign off, but before we do, as always, the Raiders Rambles have episodes available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, which is soon to be closing down. Play.fm, iHeartRadio, BitChute, and more platforms further down the line. Now, 
There we go. This is us signing off for well, the week. Uh, hold on. Uh, I will say, um, Jason and Peace, uh, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. Really Thanks for having us. Oh, yeah, no of course. Worries. Right on, man. It was okay. great. But God bless. All right. Thank you all. Thank you both for being on the show. Thank you all to our listeners for tuning in. And I hope you enjoyed this as much as we did making it. Yeah, I'm going to travel well. back to Bendigo and get me cube. Wobble, wobble, dub, dubs. Yeah, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> well, until next time. <laughs>